gon' give it to ya. Wait for you to get it on your own. X gon' deliver to ya. Knock, knock, open up the door, it's real. With the non-stop pop out from stainless steel. Go hard getting busy with it. But I got such a good heart that I make the mother wonder if you did it. Damn right, can I do it again? Cause I am like so I got to win. Break bread with the enemy. No matter how many cats I break bread with, I'll break who you sending me. You motherfuckers never wanna know what your life saved. Hello and welcome to the Weekly Stuff Podcast with Jonathan Lack and Sean Chapman. We are here to talk about stuff this week on the show. This week saw the Game Awards 2019, where Jeff Keighley avoided the appearance of impropriety by only giving Hideo Kojima a few awards, a storm uh-huh. of trailers was unleashed, and most importantly, the next generation Xbox was formally announced, which, let's be real, Sean, is why we're here recording this particular podcast today. Yeah, like, not that much happened at the Game Awards. There's a couple of things, although it probably was the least eventful overall Game Awards there's been so far. But Microsoft did decide um, to one-up Sony's, like, weird, we're just going to, like, give stuff to Edge or or Wired, sorry, uh, every once in a while for their PS5 stuff. They're like, what if we just randomly show up at the Game Awards and, and announce the name and aesthetic of our new console? Um, a thing that we've been hotly debating on this podcast for years of what would the next Xbox be called, and they decided to just give it to us, Jonathan. It's the Xbox Series X. We will get to that in a moment. I just, I have to say, Sean, I am uh-huh. very excited for this topic today. Yeah, yeah we, yeah, we would not be doing this podcast if it were not for, it's, it's the culmination of one of our favorite topics on this podcast, so we have to, we have and, to come in. And literally, Sean, we wouldn't be doing this podcast because we were going to be doing a Weekly Suit Gundam this week, which we will have. That will be out yes. uh, Thursday this week. Um, so if you're a Weekly Suit Gundam fan, that's coming. We are going to be recording that right after this one. We're doing kind of the end of Season 1 of Weekly Suit Gundam with Victory Gundam and the end of Universal Century. Yeah, so, I was going to be damned if we did not record the fucking Victory Gundam podcast before you had to go to Japan. Because we, we have postponed that podcast like three or four weeks at this point. It's like, we have to do it before the end of the year. This was the year that Weekly Suit Gundam started. We have to get through the original Gundam shows before yes. before that happens. And, and so we're going to. So that's coming. But we were probably going to take the week off from the main show because just not a ton was happening. But at the end of last week's episode, I believe I said the words. But we'll come back if there's like a, an Xbox announcement. And there was. So here we are. Yep. Um, here we are. Here we are. So, Sean, uh, I don't think you and I have any particular stuff. I assume you're still playing Death Stranding. Um, yeah, I haven't put that much time into Death Stranding because they... So last time I talked about how much fun the zip lines are, and then I think literally the day after we recorded that podcast, I ran into a thing I didn't like pay attention to with that game, which is apparently you can only create so many structures in that game world before there's like kind of like a budget you have, and then you hit to the top, and they're like, oh, you can't build shit anymore because we don't want you to have fun with this video game. And I was like, well, that's fucking annoying. And then I kind of stopped playing it for a while. So well, that really I'll, pops the balloon off Death Stranding. That's yeah, I don't. It's it's a very bad in like like kind of strange choice they made to make the resources as limited as they are to be able to build that shit because it's literally like I have to just like go into the menu and dismantle a bunch of stuff I've made elsewhere in the map if I want to finish up my um, zipline network, and that's really deflating. And I have a lot of other shit I need to do, so I'm like, I'm just going to put you on hold, Death Stranding. You're in timeout right now, Death Stranding, because you, you have a really cool thing in your game, and then you're like, fuck that, we're going to make it so you can only make like a dozen of them in a map without you hitting the budget on them. Yeah, I, uh, I have not been playing a ton of video games because I've been very, very busy with life stuff, but as I've been very busy, one nice thing to relax to is I've just been playing a lot of Halo Master Chief Collection multiplayer. And I've really got to give the team at 343 props. The rebuilt version of the Master Chief Collection is phenomenal. And the the original version of the Master Chief Collection loaded everything pretty slowly. And matchmaking obviously had a lot of issues. But one of them was that it would sort of like, once you were done with the match, you had to restart the entire process. And it just took a long time to get games. 
it is a complete 180 now. The Master Chief Collection is one of the fastest loading games of this generation now. Like, it is just, you get right into things. And matchmaking, Sean, is so fast, and it keeps you in games so quickly that, like, if between games I notice, like, oh, I need to change this control thing, it is a race to get into settings and make that change before it throws me into another match. Excellent. Awesome. That is, like, a, my dream as a lifelong Halo player. That's amazing. And just round of applause to 343 because they have made that game what it was always kind of promised to be. And that's that's awesome. Yeah. Cool. So, so but that's games. Let's talk. Uh, so the Game Awards itself, we'll talk about the Xbox in a second. I wanted to quickly mention some of the winners because this was technically an awards show. They always kind of... yes. And, you know, the thing is, Sean... I think I would watch these more if they emphasized the awards half of it more because the Game Awards are really good at awarding people. Like, the the people they pick, like, it, it's a really... It's better than, I think, like, the Emmys or the Oscars every year of, like, these are deserving winners. Game of the Year this year was Sekiro, which mm-hmm. I don't know how anyone could argue with that. Maybe there's games you liked more, but, you know, Sekiro, 100% deserving Game of the Year winner. Um Direction to Hideo Kojima. I know there's the whole weird thing that Jeff Keighley is in the game, but Hideo Kojima, as a director for a game that's like got a hard auteur stamp, totally, that's fine. I, I mean, I, I feel like Control and Outer Wilds, which were both nominated for that category, yeah. have much more... Like, for me, the problem with the game direction on Death Stranding is that there's lots and lots of pieces of that game that don't gel with other yeah. pieces. And if there's any one thing that, for me, defines like really good game direction, it's that the whole game, the game holistically comes together as like greater than the sum of its parts i'm not sure if death stranding actually does that so i kind of i get why but i think it's more because it's very the game direction that hideo kojima has is very flashy but i don't think it's actually the best compared to some of the other nominees no but that's my but my point is that it's like it's like when i don't know a couple years ago uh alejandro gonzalez and yari to one direction for the revenant which i don't think is a great movie but i think he's an interesting director i like i got i get it i mean that was sure. your george miller should have won so this is actually a terrible example because george miller should have had like five directing oscars for mad max anyway i agree probably one of the weaker big winners my uh, other points stand i think like disco elysium is a game i have not played but everyone loved it and it won best narrative which i think a lot of people were really excited about uh control getting art direction that was a really cool category and i think just from what i've seen of control that's amazing um I like that of the the one Death Stranding award I that did put a smile on my face was Mads Mikkelsen for performance. Yes, I I haven't even seen most of his performance in that game yet, and I'm still like, uh huh, yes, Mad Mikkelsen, you win that. Like it's it's he's very very good in the stuff I've seen from him so far. Like normally, if they give that to like a Hollywood actor over a like video game actor, like Ashley Birch was in that category, and I know some people were upset. And yes, Ashley Birch should win a performance award one day. But if you're gonna give it to a Hollywood actor, I'm okay with it being Mads Mikkelsen because it's Mads Mikkelsen. Um, yes, yeah. action game went to Devil May Cry Five, which I'm yep. sure you're excited about, Sean. Uh, uh, fighting went to Smash Ultimate. Um, strategy went to Fire Emblem, which was kind of funny because it was the only major strategy game this year. You know, so like uh, good winners and like just in general. I, the winners at the Game Awards sort of they they definitely annoy me a lot less than like the annual winners at the Oscars. Like the Game Awards have never done whatever the equivalent of Green Book is, you know? Like yeah, like last year was God of War. The year before that was Breath of the Wild. They did Overwatch one year. They did Dragon Quest Inquisition or Dragon Age Inquisition. But like, and those are all perfectly deserving winners. Like you can quibble at the margins, but like there are none of those where I would say. That was a terrible choice for that year in gaming, you know? And mm-hmm. so, so I like the big winners. And just any Game Awards show that is willing to, A, consider, and B, put the top award to fucking Sekiro is awesome. Yes. Yeah, I mean, because I, I ended up actually watching more of the actual Game Awards this year than I usually do. Mostly because I was, like, grading at the same time. Yeah. So because half of the Game Awards, probably, probably literally maybe two-thirds of the runtime of the Game Awards is just ads for weird, dumb bullshit... Um, like I could just very easily tune out, like grade a paper, like work on grading a paper, providing like commentary or whatever. Then look back up when it's like, oh, a trailer for an actual video game, or oh, they're going to, hey, they're going to give an award at this award show because it was like three hours or something, and probably like thirty minutes of that was dedicated to the actual. Here's a person getting an award, saying a thing about getting their award, and all that part of it. Like, can you imagine if the Oscars did that, where, like, they, they gave five awards on stage and the rest of it was just movie trailers? Like, 
nobody would watch that, but somehow that's how the Game Awards have become culturally relevant. Yeah, I mean, they they the Game Awards needs to get their big announcements. You know, they need they need something to kind of buoy it up because they they it it feels like especially when like half of the awards were like esports awards. There's just this whole esports section that I, I noticed, Jonathan, you didn't put in the no. list in the outline of the different things that won. It's like best esports player, best esports team. And that's the kind of stuff where you need to drop a big announcement in the middle of that because most people who are into video games do not know anything about any of that stuff. Which I I, I want to be clear. I think it's cool that they do that. Yes. Um, but I don't. I didn't put it on the outline because neither you nor I know who those people are, and it would just be kind of disrespectful to to talk about it without any knowledge. Yeah. So in any case, let's go ahead uh, and talk about the announcements from this week uh, from the Game Awards. Sean, should we just dive in and talk about the Xbox? Yeah, I mean, because let's do what they did and start with the showstopper because this is one of the first things they showed um, at the show was a little like teaser video thingy for the Xbox Series X. Uh, Phil Spencer was there and he was on stage. He talked about it a little bit and then they showed some footage for Hellblade 2 to kind of be like, here's the video game associated with it. But yeah, it was like almost the first thing they showed once the Game Awards proper started. They got out of the pre-show was... Here's the next Xbox, guys, and boy, we sure can't think up names, huh? So, Sean, just while we're here, I want to play a quick clip from last week where we were speculating about the name of the next generation Xbox. Mm-hmm. All right? Uh, so I'm going to play that here. Do you think there's a chance, because I sure as shit think there's a chance, that it's still just called the Xbox One and they add more letters to the end? Oh, no. Oh, no. Don't. That's, in many ways, I think that's probably the worst possible option is to call it the Xbox One Z or whatever, you know? I, it's, but, oh, my God. That but was, admit it. Oh, but, I Sean, it. that's a possibility. Okay, so, Sean, they didn't exactly do what I suggested there, but they did something pretty darn close and honestly, uh-huh. maybe even worse. The name of the new Xbox is Xbox Series X. Oh my god. It's the f- beautiful. Yeah, like one of the funniest parts of this story is that like a few days before the Game Awards, Phil Spencer had tweeted out something to the effect of like, oh, the name for the next Xbox will like describe its purpose or whatever. Like it'll be fitting and like describe what it's used for. When you hear it and everyone saw that and like, I don't know what the fuck that means. Is it like Xbox the video games one or so? Like what, what is the name for a video game console that's going to describe its purpose? And then you hear it's Xbox Series X. What the fuck was Phil Spencer talking about? That nothing about this name makes any sense to anybody. I have no idea what this name is supposed to communicate. I don't understand what conversations did they have. That led them to, well, let's name the next Xbox, the the most powerful new Xbox for the next generation of consoles, the Xbox Series X. The successor to the Xbox One X is the Xbox Series X. How do you get there? Who makes these fucking choices? And how come they're probably paid like $5 million a year, Jonathan? It is a masterpiece of a bad video game console name. It makes... The Xbox One and the Wii U look like child's play. It is so just spectacularly awful as a name. And I don't even know... Like, there's so many angles to tackle it from. There's the just mass confusion that will be embroiling the Xbox market when you have the Xbox One X and the Xbox Series X, and they are both the pro-powerful consoles on the market at the same time. There is... Just that they've done the fucking X thing again. The word series, which implies that it's a line of consoles, but it's not. It's just the next generation Xbox. I don't even know, Sean. It is It is so bad. And the, the funniest part is, everything else is good. They have mm-hmm. 
everything else under control. The console looks great. The controller looks great. It's got a lot of the same stuff as the PS5. They're promising really cool new features. If they had just, this is like the one missing piece of the puzzle. And I am convinced that there is a plant at Microsoft from Sony or Nintendo who is in charge of naming Xboxes and is just determined to make Phil Spencer and his team just twist in the wind as he like, like sabotages them from within with the worst possible marketing. It's breathtaking. I, I have not been able to stop thinking about it, Sean. It is so wonderfully, amazingly bad. Yeah, because the Game Awards were on Thursday night. Yes. And so then Friday I go to class and I have I teach three freshman classes. And in two of those three, um, I had people who were talking about this announcement. And, and there was so much confusion. Nobody, nobody knew because, you know, they're freshmen. They, they're 14 years old. They're not actually watching the Game Awards. They're just like seeing some random bullshit on like Snapchat or whatever come up. So they're getting like the normal distributed version of the information that someone who people who are interested in video games like it's not just like random people who like vaguely are aware of an Xbox is these are people who play Xbox or PlayStation like daily um they don't really know what this announcement was or what it meant what the product was for because it is so confusing like like so many people are calling it the Xbox 1 Series X because it like I've made that mistake multiple times putting the word one in there because th- this li- it literally feels like this is what they were going to call the Xbox 1X decided not to call it that and then they used it for this like it's yeah. such a similar name that it surely must have been the Xbox One Series X and Series S or whatever originally and now they're just going to pass the buck down to this console generation presumably um one must assume that this means that the the lower power version is going to be called the Xbox Series S or maybe they'll pick another letter but i have to like th- which because... is exactly what i said last week they're just yes. going to double down on more letters which is amazing <laughs> it, it because the problem with that is that if you line up all the Xbox consoles and their names for someone who does not follow this shit or only follows it like vaguely it's impossible to know which one is which one just based on the names. It's like when I first tried to watch the fucking Indiana Jones movie and I had to like ask my parents which one is the first one because I don't know because there's not numbers in this and I kept on getting confused because I thought one of them was the first one and I was like this seems wrong and I put the disc out and put a different one in. If you line them up, it's the it's Xbox, Xbox 360, Xbox One, then in there there's Xbox One S, Xbox One X, and then the Xbox Series X. Any of those could be anywhere. Like, the Xbox could just be the most recent one because you could be like, oh, well, maybe they decided to just sort of strip it down to its bare essentials because they have one that's called the Xbox One. So surely the Xbox One is the first Xbox. So Xbox must be later than Xbox One by any reasonable fucking person's reckoning of the situation, right? Xbox Series X sounds like it's the updated version of the original Xbox. It, it like, you... If you get someone who doesn't know anything about this stuff, there's no way to explain this to them in a clear, concise way like you could if you said, Hey, Mom, I want the new PlayStation. Oh, which one is that, son? The PlayStation 5. Okay, that's right. We have the PlayStation 4. 5 is the next one. Let's get <laughs> that one. Right? It's, it's so mind-boggling or like- that they couldn't pick a name... That would be better than just calling it Xbox 2. As phenomenally stupid as Xbox 2 would be in so many ways as a name for this console, they should have just bit the fucking bullet, like pulled the mea culpa and said, we, f- we fucked this up so hard at this point. Yes, it's bizarre for the fourth Xbox console to be called the Xbox 2, but we just have to get this fucking train back on tracks because now they're in the exact same boat that when they release it, another xbox console they're still fucked because then what do they call the next one okay sean let's role play for a second here Uh uh-huh okay i'm going to be someone who who i know i want the new xbox and i know the new xbox is the series x you are Mm -hmm. going to be my friend spouse whoever is gifting me this who knows less about video games okay yes hey i want the new xbox for christmas Okay, sure. Um, so is that is it called the new Xbox? You've, you've got the Xbox One, right? So it's the X. Are they doing an Xbox Two? 
No, this is the X, the Series X. Oh, so the X, I thought we, didn't we buy that two years ago? The Xbox One X? No, this is the Xbox X. Series X. The Xbox One X only does six teraflops. This does 12. Oh, so it's like the, the, the S one. So it's Series, so it's like the S. So it's the X, Xbox S. No, no, I no. saw that, I saw an ad that said S on it. So no, 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 this one? is, no, the Xbox Series X, there's an S in the word Series, but it's not an S at the end of the name. It's not an Xbox One, it's an Xbox Series X. So is it, it's, so it's, but it, so it's, it's an Xbox. So we just need, we need to go by the Xbox with the X on it, with the X at the end. No, no, because the Xbox with the X at the end is already the one we have. See, but this is, this is so, how it is. Yeah. This is how it's going to go. It's a series. It's a series of Xboxes, and this is the X one in the series. It's a fucking like function they've given us a mathematical function for finding out which find the X. And it's a series of X's. It's so. It's so bad the, because also like the other thing to the casual observer, like I am pretty convinced at this point that the mid generation console refreshes were a massive clusterfuck mistake for both Microsoft and Sony. Maybe less so for. I mean, not not in terms of like it ruined the brand, but like. And Sony luckily can just go on and do PlayStation 5, but it really muddies the waters, especially for Xbox, because Xbox's whole thing was that, all right, we were underpowered at launch, the Xbox One is less powerful than the base PS4, so we're going to try to leapfrog them with this mid-generation thing. We had this, do you remember, Sean, how many years at E3 they were like, most powerful home console ever, Xbox One X, this many teraflops, this and this and this and this, and now... Like, how long has the Xbox One X been on the market? Three years? Two? Like, very recently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now they are doing the Xbox One Series X with, let's be honest, to most people, identical marketing, which is the most powerful console. Because I guarantee you, 99.999% of people do not give a shit about this doing 12 fer- teraflops instead of six. That means nothing to most people. The SSD thing you and I get, and that's cool, that's really hard to explain in an advertisement. Like... You know, the controller has a dedicated share button. Cool, that should have been there earlier. Like, and, and it would be, like, and if, if they hadn't done the Xbox One X, this would be really cool. And, and I mean, for one, the name wouldn't be as bad. It would be bad, but it wouldn't be as bad. And it would be a really clear pitch. But now it's just like, okay, so this is what you did three years ago, but more of it, right? What? I don't, that it's got the same name, basically. Because if you took out the one and you put in the word series, what's going on? Yeah. I think the most fascinating misunderstanding about it I had with one of my freshmen was someone who who this person was like the person in the class who was the Xbox guy. So he owns Xboxes, plays Xbox, he's the Xbox faithful. Everybody else I've run into, every other student is like PlayStation is better. Like if there's any any indication that Xbox won all of its like sort of culture share in America um, since the 360, it is that everybody I run into that's a student of mine is like when I, when they ask me, oh, what, what," because they all find out, oh, these are the teacher who plays the video games. What console do you have? And say, oh, I I mostly play a PlayStation. And like, yeah, that's the right one. Like they're testing me. And this is the one so guy... So different from when we were in high school, Sean. Yes, it's the exact opposite of what it was when we were in high school. But this is the one guy who's like the Xbox faithful, and he was like trying to explain to people, and his understanding was... And I found it so hard to try to dispel this because I couldn't figure out how to explain this because he wasn't wrong, but he was, was that the Xbox Series X wasn't actually the next generation Xbox console because the name doesn't make it sound like it is. The name doesn't make it sound like it's new, the name makes it sound like it's another one in the series of things that already exists, right? It doesn't feel like the next step. It feels like one among a set of steps because it's a series. And so he was, and because also the way that the console looks, because the console design is basically a fancy looking TC PC tower. Um, it's like more kind of cubic um, and box like, and it's not kind of the DVD player shape that most video game consoles have. Um, he th- was convinced that it was an Xbox branded PC that was like, we're releasing like this new PC brand. It's the Xbox series of PCs. This is the first one. And I was like, how? Because that's not wrong. And like, from a certain point of view, if you want to pull some Obi-Wan Kenobi shit from a certain point of view, that's not really wrong because the consoles are basically just PCs at this point. And because they're all like backwards compatible and because all of your Xbox games can run on PCs anyways, what is the distinction between an Xbox game that runs on an Xbox console and the Xbox game that runs on the PC? It was just like, 
this is weird. Like, this is a weird conversation. Like, you would never have had this conversation five years ago about video game consoles. That it's like, what is this? Is this a new, full new thing? Is it, like, this new, like, line of PCs that the Xbox team is making? Like, what is what is going on here? And if they had just called it the Xbox 2, we all would have sniggered, and then we, but we all would have known what the fuck it was. Yes, because I'm not sure... Microsoft could tell you quite what this is because it is the next generation Xbox. Like, let's be clear, this is not an iterative, like, there's going to be a new one every year. But there, it is also not quite as clear-cut as the PS5. Like, like Sony is clearly marketing that as, like, your PS4 games will carry forward, but this, this is a cutoff. The PlayStation 5 will have things that don't play on the PlayStation 4. We're moving on. We had a 4. Now we have a 5. It's very... It's a, it's a new generation. Like, there's no ambiguity there. But, like, Xbox has Game Pass. It has the cross-platform play with PC. It has the Windows 10 store. It has all this stuff that, like, muddies those waters. And so Xbox is a little less of a console generation thing than it is a living platform by design. And so, yes, you have this super powerful new Xbox Series X, but I think we know that they're going to try to keep as much as they can running on everything for a while, like more than I would think Sony will, you know? Mm-hmm. Like if, if, if Sony has Horizon 2 Dawn ready to go at launch for PS5, I assume it'll be a PS5 game and not a PS4 game because they want to sell systems, right? And, yeah. and they want people to come ahead with them. But Halo Infinite is going to run on everything. Hellblade 2, they pretty strongly intimated, is going to run on everything. Um, and, and, it's, and by everything, keep in mind that we're meaning all the way back to the Xbox One from launch, all the way forward to this and PCs, which have a whole range of things. And what that also means is that like the entire pitch about super powerful systems kind of only goes so far because... At a certain point, that power is functionally irrelevant if you're also supporting a seven-year-old console at the same time. There's a margin where that stops mattering. Yeah, because all you can do at a certain point then is boost the frame rate, boost the resolution, add some, like, here's some more advanced anti-aliasing. We have, like, you know, smoother shadows. We have a bigger draw distance. It's like the kind of basic things that you would be able to do um, adjusting sliders on a PC game, whereas like the hope is that when you do do big console jumps, that it then makes certain kinds of systems possible, gameplay systems possible that were not possible before, that cannot exist in a way that's like if you just play with the sliders a little bit, um, it, it you know that fixes those problems. You want to be able to create more complex level geometry that is complex in a way. That is not just, oh, we can, you know, make it look a little bit flatter and it's still fine. You want to have more complex AI simulations. So that's like stuff of when um, Shadow of Mordor came out. It had an Xbox 360 PS3 version that cut out the Nemesis system because the fucking, those old consoles couldn't really handle that kind of persistent AI simulation and it just killed the game. So it's those kinds of things, ideally, that you want a next console generation to be able to push the boundaries of and for certain kinds of ideas to be executed that were not possible before. And especially with an SSD, ideally, that should be the the reason that the SSD is a game changer isn't because SSDs are brand new. They've existed for long times on the PC platform, but nobody's ever designed a game that was designed only purely to run on a really high-functioning SSD because every PC game would be designed to run on a normal hard drive because most of the PC market still uses normal hard drives. So that's one of the things that's like a little bit disconcerting is that if you try to make the console generation thing more porous the way that they're doing, there are some advantages to that of like more people can play the newer games, but it also means that at some point the new games are held back by these kinds of constraints in the way that games like Halo 3 on the Xbox 360 were really hurt in specific ways because that game, that console launched with a SKU that didn't have a hard drive on it. So every game for the original Xbox 360 had to be able to run on a memory card past a certain point. And that fucked up lots of games because they had to support this older version of the console that after a year, it wasn't even really a thing anymore. Um, so hope, hopefully they, the Xbox figures that out because I really would be frustrated if things like the SSD... Um, on multi-platform games are not taken full advantage of because you still have like Ubisoft and EA trying to support 
something that could run on the base Xbox One that came out in 2013. And I think the real question mark is still what we were talking about last week, which is this mid-power thing they're thinking about launching. What we're going to call, I guess, the Xbox Series S for now. Mm -hmm. Does that have an SSD? Because if it's cheaper, I actually don't see how it does. Because that's going to be the main cost push on these systems. Um, And like... We already know from Jason Schreer's reporting that the plan is the Xbox Series S, whatever it's going to be called, is going to be more like the PS4 Pro than the Xbox One X, which means that you would have, in the lineup of systems, you would have Xbox One S, then the Xbox Series S, then the Xbox One X, then the Xbox Series X, but like the generations are totally mixed in there, and it's just it's very confusing to me. And if they have a currently supported version of this on the market that is dramatically weaker then why sell the more powerful one at a certain point? Especially with the SSD, which is the real game changer. It's And especially when all your games run on PCs anyways, which yeah. provides you that sort of power footprint, and PCs are becoming more and more user-friendly every year to the point where the difference between that and the console becomes, starts to become negligent, especially if you're mainly interested in buying it for the power. Like, I'm sure the Xbox One X for several years will be... More powerful than the equivalent PC. You Do you mean the Xbox the One X or the Xbox Series X? Sorry, the Xbox Series X would be more powerful than the equivalent PC you could buy for five hundred dollars, whatever it's going to cost, and that will be true certainly for several years. Um, but at a certain point, if you're really catering to that, we want the power kind of platform. The more and more the console thing becomes that confused, the more and more appealing I feel like just moving wholly to PC. It will be for people, which is probably fine for a certain way for Microsoft because they're still selling people Xbox games on the Windows Store. But then, like, the Xbox platform just starts becoming weird and confusing. And and it becomes, like, a thing where it's one thing that as I'm in this position considering, well, there's a chance I jump ship, right? Like, I that's what I did with this generation is I was Xbox 360 almost for the entirety of that last generation of consoles jumped ship to PS4 almost exclusively for this generation there's a chance I can make that jump again I'm not like you know ideologically tied to one system or the other but when the Xbox pitch is this like weird thing that they're giving me it's so much easier for me like I just don't want to think about that shit because maybe there would be advantages with Game Pass and stuff if I did try to make the full switch but PS5 is just going to be a simple, I can just buy the next one. That's their pitches. I can just buy it and my shit will work and I can just move on with my life and not have to worry about, do I want to like buy the cheaper one and, and maybe wait till the Series X gets cheaper? Like, you know, like there's, it makes that pitch way more complicated for the end user, I feel. Also, the PS5 will have the exclusives we like. I mean, like yes. that's the real elephant in the room is that we know, you know what you're getting with a PlayStation. You're getting Naughty Dog. You're getting Sucker Punch. You're getting um, Gorilla Game. You know, you know who you're getting. With Xbox, it's all very theoretical still at this point because they've bought up a bunch of studios. But other than like Hellblade 2, we don't really know what they're working on. Um, and Hellblade 2, if it's like Hellblade 1, is more like a game you play in an afternoon, not a big, you know, giant experience. So like... Yeah, it's it's so weird. And the name really, like, it's spectacularly bad, but it does... It's not like everything else. I mean, I do think there's a lot of good stuff here, but it does reflect a, a lack of clarity to just the pitch, you know? Like, PlayStation 5, what's the pitch? It's the next PlayStation. It's very, like... Sony has been incredibly disciplined with that for 25 years now of, like, one, two, three, four, five, and it makes the pitch for that next system always super clear, Right? Mm-hmm. And because it's and because they, they've never really broken that, other than having the PS4 Pro, which they never pushed as hard as the Xbox One X, it's just it's one after the other. Um, Nintendo has obviously had its ups and downs, but their current system is called the Nintendo Switch, and it's super clear. What does the Nintendo Switch do? It switches between your TV and handheld, and it's been a big success in part because of the clarity of that marketing and the name. Just there's no ambiguity about what the Nintendo Switch does, right? Yeah. And we'll see when they make a Switch 2. If they call it the Nintendo Switch U, then they've fucked everything up again. But they haven't so far. Um, but Xbox, just total lack of clarity for a while now. And I've seen, like, you know, probably the primal moment of mistake was, as much as I love the name Xbox 360, not calling the Xbox 360 the Xbox 2, 
probably doomed them to have bad names forever because they didn't want the Xbox 2 going up against the PlayStation 3 and they still don't want the Xbox 4 going up against the PlayStation 5. And I get that. They didn't have to make decisions this disastrously bad. They could have gone the Sega route of like, you know, Sega didn't have numbers on their systems and that eventually Sega failed, but that wasn't their problem. The names were fine. But like, you know, you go Sega Master System, Sega Genesis, Sega Saturn, Sega Dreamcast. You could do things like that. You could have this be called Xbox Scarlet. You could have it Xbox Infinite. You could have... I was really expecting maybe this is finally the time they pull the trigger and just call it the Xbox Elite because they love using the word Elite and they <laughs> never have. They, there was a 360 console called the 360 Elite, but that was like a certain packaging of a console, not obviously a different 360. So like, the whole thing is just so fucking confused and that's before we even get to the point, Sean, where people are going to be calling this the Xbox Sex for like 10 years now. Because that's yeah. how it comes down. That's how you acronym it. They did it again. They, they, they had the X-Bone. Now it's the X-Sex. There's, there's just someone at Microsoft who, like, again, I just want to be in those pitch meetings. Because they're, it's just like, is there some douchebag at microsoft that keeps on like coming up with weird acronyms and trying to find a way to make it as a name and then like puts it on the board thinking that everyone's going to get the joke and then the conversation goes on long enough that he realizes that nobody else gets the joke and they're not just like playing along and goofing around with it but they're actually serious and at that point you can't raise your hand and be like well actually i just threw it that because it's it's like sex you see if you do this if you release those (laughs) letters okay yeah okay yeah xbox series x sure guys that makes sense Okay. Man, I just, I can't... Were you expecting it to be this bad? No, I couldn't, like... It's... It's... Because, like, I thought it would be something like an Xbox Infinity or something. I thought it would be ultimately a... Here's some sort of, like, subtitle console name. Right? Like, because the Xbox is at a place where they could pivot into having the Xbox brand be the thing that people think about in the console name can be whatever you want it to be in the way that Sega had it, in the way that Nintendo has had it forever. Other than the Super Nintendo, Nintendo has never, like, reused the console. I guess, oh, yeah, and the Wii U. That's we always yeah. forget about. But they tend not to reuse their old console names because everybody understands that it's a Nintendo device. And so Nintendo is, like, the overall branding. And, like, that's what keeps, I think, the message clear and focused with their stuff when they do it well. Um, and I think Xbox could do that. Xbox has been in the market long enough that they can just like pivot that way. But instead, you're in this Xbox Series X, and then this just leads to what do we, what do we call this thing now? Do we call it the Series X? Do we have to call it the Xbox Series X forever? Do do we just start saying it's just the Xbox because because I don't because we have a thing that's just called the Xbox though. And and I don't I I don't want to keep on calling it the OG Xbox to keep things clear, like it's just it's such a pain in the ass and it doesn't have to be this way. There's so many better names that they could have picked. Nobody's forcing their fucking hand to call it the Xbox Series X, and it's going to take me so long to get used to saying it. And we have to say it all the time because we do this damn podcast. And the thing I hate most about it is how it rolls off the tongue or doesn't with the X at the beginning and the end is just so uncomfortable to say. It's true of the Xbox One X. It's true now. Like, I get that there's some symmetry, like, visually on the page when you write Xbox and then an X at the end. But, like, saying it, X is like, I know I'm getting super granular here. It's not a comfortable sound for your mouth to make. It doesn't, it's not playstation it's not nintendo switch it's you know like it's fucking weird to say xbox one x you know Mm -hmm. or xbox series x like like the x you know what i mean it's a weird sound and it it just it like how like in in advertisements i think i hear when i hear like the the xbox guy have to say xbox one x it sounds weird now like a series in the middle it's just bizarre it's bad the thing is all that aside and like the muddled mark like pitch and everything it looks cool, and I mean on multiple levels. I think the like tower design is awesome. I think it's a really cool like shift, and it can they they were showing it vertically. It can sit horizontally. So like if you're freaking out about it fitting in your entertainment center, it's fine. It's not even that tall a tower. It looks like based on where the controller was, it would be like three controllers high. So it's yeah. small, 
It's compact. It looks cool. Um, the controller is basically the current Xbox One controller, which is really good. Doesn't need a ton of heat. They've added a share button, which I can't believe it took them this long to do, but they've done it. They've added a share button. Um, they've swapped the D. This is something I need to know, learn more about, because the D-pad looks like it's inspired by the Elite controller, but the Elite controller mm-hmm. has multiple D-pads, and it looks like it's sort of inspired by the default one, which is sort of a an eight-way D-pad, kind of like a better version of what the 360 had. And I think that's a cool one on the Elite, but like I would never use it to play a platformer. So I wonder if this also has swappable D-pads. It's it's a little bizarre, but it's fine. Um, the Xbox controller is fine. It's not my favorite, but it's clearly a very good gamepad. You know, full backwards compatibility, awesome. Um, in the GameStop write-up, they, they talked... GameSpot, sorry, GameSpot write-up. They talked about how this system will have the ability to pause and resume multiple games simultaneously. So, like, if you wanted to suspend Red Dead and go play some Halo and then suspend Halo and go back to Red Dead without having to load into Red Dead, you could do that. That's a really cool idea. I hope the PS5 has that. That's awesome. Um, So there's a lot to be excited for here. But, God, why did you call it that? Yes, yeah, I agree. Most of the, once you get past that bullshit... Most of the rest of it is pretty cool. Um, like, the share button on the PS4 has become one of the, like, innovations that seems to be going to stick around for a long time. Yes. Um, so it's nice that they... Is Xbox... It, it's like the reverse of what happened to the 360 and the PS3, where the 360 figured out all its online shit and the PS... And, like, achievements and stuff, and the PS3 slowly had to be like, okay, we have to kind of bolt this onto a infrastructure that wasn't designed for it. And then now... And then the Xbox One is the other way, where the PS4 had the share button... It was like, man, that's a really nice, just elegant way to just handle that stuff that people clearly, most people want to use their consoles with. And then the Xbox is like, well, shit, let's, we have to press like two buttons at the same, do all this shit um, to try to make it work with for a controller that wasn't designed to do it. Just put a new button right there, share button, good job. Um, one thing I want to talk about, so um, they released a big press release that probably most of the stuff, if you read on like GameSpot um, and stuff like that, um, it's probably pulling from this uh, Xbox press release on the Xbox website. And there's one thing they say um, on here that really annoys me. And I'm sure probably Sony is going to do something similar. But it's just something that like when they say this shit, there's so many people that misunderstand how this stuff works because of the way that Microsoft wants to use this as like a bullet point. Where they have a paragraph that's talking about the technical elements of the console. And they say, from a technical standpoint, this like this console will manifest as world-class visuals in 4K at 60 frames per second. With possibility of up to 120 frames per second, including support for variable refresh rate and 8K capability. Blah, 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 blah. And then they go on to talk about what the CPU is and all that kind of stuff. And them saying that this will manifest as 4K at 60 FPS, fuck off. Like, for most games, it's not. It maybe will be at 4K. Probably it'll be 4K resolution for most games. It's not going to be 60 FPS. This is never how it's going to work, Microsoft. Maybe your internal studios will try to push for that. But we're never going to be in a place where for fixed console platforms, most games are going to default run at 60. Because developers, if, if developers wanted every game to run at 60 frames a second right now, they could do it. They would just have to design the game to run at 60. They're just going to prioritize the same shit they prioritize now in terms of visuals and resolution, graphical fidelity, image quality, that kind of stuff, that's going to mean that they're going to compromise and put the frame rate at 30 frames per second again. And it's just going to happen because it's happened for every video game generation ever. And then they do this every fucking time. And then I see all these people going around talking about like, oh, this is the time. Finally, every video game is going to be at 60 frames per second. And if that's never going to work that way, the only way it works that way is you get a powerful PC and you make sure it's kept upgraded for a lo- like periodically so that you don't ever fall behind the power curve. That's the only way you're going to have control over what the frame rate is. It's not going to be 60, 40K or 4K for every game. It's just never going to be that way. Please stop marketing it like that. I mean, I think people have a genuine misunderstanding, pushed in part by the console makers, that frame rate is mm-hmm. just a pure function of power, and it's not. The Nintendo Switch has a higher rate of first-party games that run at 60 FPS than Xbox or Sony. 
It just does because so like Nintendo, there are certain game franchises like Mario or Yoshi or any of like their side scrollers and stuff that they want at sixty and they they do it and and they and they design it that way because they're like okay that's Mario Odyssey. It's really important that Mario runs at sixty, so we do this this and this and we get it running at sixty. You know, and and there are different priorities on other platforms. If if Naughty Dog had wanted Uncharted Four to be at sixty FPS, there's a ton of stuff they could have stripped out and made that happen. But it was the decision that was made. And that's fine But like yes You're exactly right That's always going to be the case It's not a pure function of power You know There are games back on the fucking GameCube That run at 60 That the same kind of thing today Wouldn't Because there's just There's so many other considerations going on And it's one of those like Blanket advertising statements That has no connection To the realities of game development Yeah And it just pisses me off Every time Like Microsoft in particular Has been doing this for a while Because they're really pushing The power thing Because they got fucked when the Xbox One was a little bit less powerful than the PS4. And they're like, I just feel like they're really overcompensating it with the end. It could technically, it could do 8K with up to 120 frames per second. It's like, fuck off. What game is going to run at 8K 120 frames per second? Like, yeah, you might fucking be able to play an original Xbox, an OG Xbox game at, at 8K 120 frames per second if someone optimizes it for that. You, you can probably play an indie game maybe would like support that if they do the work for it. But... 95% of all games is never even going to get close to running 8K 120 frames a second. Fuck off with this shit. Yeah. So, that's the Xbox. Do you want to hit some of these other announcements really quick? Uh, yeah. Let's let's run down. Again, there wasn't a huge amount of stuff at the Game Awards this time. Usually I feel like they have quite a few big game announcements. This time, it was just like, here's a little like dribbling of, of little announcements. There's just a few I wanted to mention. Um, they did, with the Xbox Series X, announce Senua's Saga Hellblade 2, which is the next game from Ninja Theory, uh, which Xbox bought a couple years ago. Ninja Theory made Hellblade uh, Senua's Sacrifice which was originally a PS4 launch game, which I think is kind of funny, um, or launched on mm-hmm. the PS4. And then it went to Xbox, and then they bought Ninja Theory. So this will be an Xbox exclusive. Um, Hellblade is kind of the last game in the world I would imagine having a sequel because it's it's not a game that has any, like, refer- like it does not feel like a game that could have a sequel, but it is a brilliant game, and I trust that Ninja Theory had a good idea, and the trailer's really cool. So I'm excited to play this. Yeah, the, the trailer looks nice. I do. I thought it was a funny one-two punch with the naming stuff where we had Xbox Series X, and then we get this fucking Rambo first blood shit with Hellblade, where the first game was called Hellblade Sinuous Sacrifice, and now it's Sinuous Saga Hellblade 2. Like, why not call it Hellblade 2 Sinuous Saga? Why, yeah. why are you doing... Why Everyone's just going to call this game Hellblade, guys. Yeah. Everyone's just going to call it Hellblade 2, but okay. Yes. Uh, we got our first trailer... To bear the words PlayStation 5 in the game Godfall from Gearbox Software, which ended with coming to PlayStation 5 and PC. Um, the game itself, I'm not sure what it is, looked fine. Uh, yeah, it was like some weird, it looked like, um, what was it? it? It looked like too human mixed with something else I forget. Like, it's yeah, it's like a weird, like, here's like... Arthurian heroes, but with like super like technology kind of stuff. Um, one thing with that game, because they did not make it very clear, because I thought it's like, this doesn't seem like a game that Gearbox would develop, um, was that they kind of pitched it that way, but actually Gearbox is only publishing that game. The game is being designed by a new indie developer, indie developer called Counterplay Games. Okay. I don't think has put anything out before. It was just like, there's something weird about that trailer that they put the Gearbox logo on. It's like, this really does not seem like it's a Gearbox developed game. Like they would, Gearbox would be pitching it a certain way if they were actually making it. So they're just publishing that, which doesn't say anything about the quality of the game. It actually probably makes me more hopeful yes. about the quality of the game than anything else, but just like a weird note about that one. My favorite announcement of the night was Bravely Default 2 was announced for the Nintendo Switch in 2020. Bravely Default 2, which is very much the third Bravely Default game, because there was Bravely Default <laughs> on the 3DS. There was Bravely Second, which was the direct... And by direct sequel, I mean direct sequel a la Final Fantasy X to X-2. Like, same characters, same world. Bravely Second is a very direct sequel. This is... Maybe their logic is that this is sort of like a Final Fantasy numbering thing where... Because this looks like it's not a direct sequel to the original games. Like, probably new characters, new world. And so it's sort of like... um, you know, Final Fantasy 10 to 11 or something like that, or 13 to 14. Um, but yeah, it is called Bravely Default 2. I was very excited for it, though, Sean, because if you have not followed the Bravely Default thing, um, Bravely Default 1 
has one of my favorite video game soundtracks of all time. It almost made my top ten list when we did this uh, a couple weeks ago um, by a composer named Revo. And for Bravely Second, they couldn't get Revo back. And I forget who they got, but it was fine, but it was like it definitely robbed the game of a lot of magic for me, and I never wound up finishing Bravely Second. But they proudly announced in the trailer, Revo is back. It's the original development team of Bravely Default. This is the team that also did Octopath Traveler. So I'm very excited for it. Like, getting a new Revo Bravely Default soundtrack is awesome. I also love that it's another weird numbering thing in a night of weird titles. Uh Yes. Yeah, I was so confused when this came up. As someone (laughs) whose exposure to Bravely Default is entirely through seeing the trailer whenever these games are, like, announced at E3 or something like this, and you talking about it. And I was just like... They made us Bravely Default 2, and I didn't remember that it was called Bravely Second. It's just like, is this a re-release of that game? Because it doesn't seem like it is. Yeah. And, and yes, then I went onto Twitter and saw everybody else being confused by it. Because, and I love your analysis, and I think you're, you're maybe right about this, that Square Enix is the only company in the world that would follow the logic of, well, if we're making something that's not a direct sequel... That's when we put the two on it. Yes. They're the only company in the world that would have that fucking idea because of Final Fantasy. It's so weird. But yes, so that's that's Bravely Default 2. Uh, the the developers of Prey and Dishonored had a new game called Weird West. Um, Riot has a League of Legends RPG spinoff coming out. Um, there's a Baldur's Gate. They have a couple. Like, yeah. I feel like there there's like two or three different trailers for weird League of Legends spinoffs. There's a lot of League of Legends things and a lot of Magic the Gathering trailers. Yes. Um, that I was ga- occasionally glancing up at I was, as I was grading papers. It's like, is this another Magic the Gathering thing? What the fuck's going on? And we got a bunch of trailers for like games we already know. Like Ori and the Will of the Wisps was there. Gears Tactics was there. Ghost of Tsushima was there. And got a release window of summer 2020. Which makes sense. We know this is a PS4 game. So um, mm-hmm. coming before the PS5. There's only so many seasons before the PS5. Uh, a new Final Fantasy VII remake trailer. Which... Um, was really it was a it's a really nice trailer for Final Fantasy VII. It's got that just kicking remix of the battle theme, but it also makes me desperately hope this game has dual audio because I do not my my respect for Cloud goes down a lot when I hear an English boy talking his voice in a in a bad Square Enix dub, which this very much sounds like. So mm-hmm. we'll see about that. Um, Let's see. Control is getting DLC. Marvel Ultimate Alliance Three yeah. is getting DLC. They announced No More Heroes Three for Switch. I know that 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 series seems to have a fault, small but passionate fan base. So good for them. But the weird one, Sean, um, you might have to help explain this to me. How is the Wolf yes. Among Us Two a thing? Didn't Telltale die? They announced Wolf Among Us Two. Is this is this a gross hedge fund thing? So it's this is confusing. So. So if you remember, if people remember last year, Telltale creators of games like The Walking Dead, um, they they went into bankruptcy and basically shuttered. Um, and then a company called LCG Entertainment basically bought the Telltale name and like their IP rights to a bunch of the different properties and like in in the stuff that they were already working on. So if you remember, Telltale shut down in the middle of The Walking Dead. Season three or four, whichever one it was, um, the last season, yeah, yeah, The Walking Dead, the final season, as they called it, um, in the middle of that, I think it was like episode two of five came out, and then Telltale um, went into bankruptcy, but then that season did finish because this company bought all that shit. Um, so yeah, so they are making a The Wolf Among Us two based on a series of graphic novels um, that came out that they obviously they made a first Wolf Among Us game from Telltale which was one of the handful of not Walking Dead Telltale games that people liked. It was like this one and Tales from the Borderlands. And some people said some good stuff about the Batman one. Um, or the only that like never, nobody liked, I feel like, any of the other Telltale things. So it's like, I'm, it's kind of cool that they're doing another one in that sense. It's weird because the LCG Entertainment did hire a bunch of former Telltale employees when they bought all that stuff. So some of the people working on this did work on and create the original The Wolf Among Us, but there is a certain amount of, like, weird mixed feelings, I would say, about this. It's like, some of it's kind of cool. Like, yes, at least there are some of the same people working on it. It still projects something about the game to just say Telltale's um, The Wolf Among Us 2 that feels false, that feels like weird that feels like here's a like a video game developed by a zombie or something um that is definitely 
you shouldn't have to do research into how the fuck this video game exists when they announce a video game, right? Like, that's not like yeah. a... Which I feel like the Telltale closure was public enough that it's not just people like us that talk about this on podcasts that know about it. Like, I feel like that spread out more widely. So I, I imagine there were quite a few people kind of scratching their heads at the Game Awards when that trailer went up. and like, Because I feel like everyone was in the same situation of... Isn't Telltale dead? Like, how... What? What? How is this even happening? Um, so, yeah, that's that's how we have A Wolf Among Us 2. Very weird. Very, very weird. Anything else from the Game Awards that we should mention before we call it a day? We should mention, I think, the funniest announcement at the Game Awards, which is the last thing they showed leading into Game of the Year. They saved the best of last. Fast and Furious Crossroads... Um, a video game that legitimately, legitimately looks like a 360 PS3 yes. game. I know that we throw that around sometimes as like a cheap insult, but no, absolutely. If you haven't seen the trailer, watch the trailer. It looks so fucking bad. And they had Vin Diesel and Michelle Rodriguez on stage to announce that game. Um, like they are legit like celebrities that play video games. So it's like, you know, especially Vin Diesel has enough cred. Um, with me that like okay yeah he he belongs up there um more so than like norman reedus which is another he was there at the show with hideo kojima um so was Lindsay wagner and they cut i swear to god norman reedus was on the game awards more than fucking jeff Keeley. the amount of times they cut to him just sitting in the audience looking at things um and norman reedus looks very bored for most of it um but vin diesel is a video game guy so that's kind of cool Enough of a video game guy that I know that Vin Diesel knows that that game is shit. It looks like shit. It's got to be terrible. Um, And so it was very funny for, like, it's so blatant that the only reason they saved that trailer for the last one, where usually the last trailer before Game of the Year is, like, a big game reveal at the Game Awards, the only reason was so that you could have Vin Diesel on stage to to read out Sekido um, as the Game of the Year which I appreciate getting to hear Vin Diesel say the word Sekiro Shadows Die Twice. That is a good experience that I got to have. Um, but that Fast and Furious game, like if you thought the like fake Fast and Furious Need for Speed game, like the run from a couple years ago, looked terrible, this is this reminds you of what a bad video game looks like when you watch that trailer. I'm going to be perfectly honest, Sean. Um, until I, So I, this morning, just before we recorded, I watched a bunch of these trailers to catch up because I did not watch any of this live. Uh, But I followed it on Twitter. Until this morning, when that trailer rolled, and it had Michelle Rodriguez uh, introducing it, I thought they had announced a remaster of a 360 game. I genuinely, like, I'm not joking. I saw it online. I'm like, oh, that was the old 360 game from, like, Fast Five, right? And that's, okay, interesting. That's why Vin Diesel looks like that in the game. Because I saw a screenshot, and I'm like, okay, that's kind of funny. But no, it's a new game. And that's just, like... Oh my god, that's oh, a new game? Yeah. How? Like, I genuinely... How do you make a game look that bad? Like, like, what... Which... T- are you using, like, a Windows 7 PC to make this thing? Like, what is this? What the hell's going on? Yeah, because it's not just that, like, the fake Vin Diesel looks more plastic and lifeless than Vin Diesel from the hit 360 video game Wheelman starring Vin Diesel. <laughs> that's pulling out a Deep cut. Like, video game... A video game I had not thought about since I played like the dim, the pre-release demo on the 360 until I saw 360 ass looking Vin Diesel and be like, was it Vin Diesel in an old video game? And had to Google it like, right, I played that demo of fucking Wheelman. Um, but not since then did we have a more plasticky, lifeless fucking video game Vin Diesel. But it's not just the Vin Diesel and like the human characters look bad. The cars look bad. I don't even, I've, it's been so long since I had the thought, man, that video game car doesn't look good. Because video game cars always look good. It's like the, I mean, obviously video game development is hard, like, it's hard to make these things. But of the video game graphical things to make look good, cars are, like, in the top tier. Everybody has good looking cars in their video game. You don't even have to have a game that is about cars and driving cars. The cars still are going to look good because we know what good cars look like. And so much like video game lighting and shaders and stuff have been built around the idea of let's make really good looking cars. And they have a video game that has bad looking cars in 2019. I didn't even know that was possible. It is. It is wild. I think it was a fitting end to a weird show. Um, Yeah. Congrats to Sekiro. I still need to finish you. But I want to. Um, it's. I will say, Sean, it's kind of funny. I, I did load up my Sekiro save 
when I saw that it had won, and I just dove into the boss I'm still stuck on. And I think, having stepped away from the game for a couple months, I think I got further into that boss than I have on, like, many different runs. Just, like, randomly, like, tapping buttons, <laughs> trying to remember the controls. Mm-hmm. So, I think I can do it. But um, I'm about to go to you Japan can. for three weeks, so I'm probably not going to do it until I get back. But still. You can go train in Japan. Yes. You can go to, like, some sort of ninja school. or Those exist. So you can go there and train in the shinobi arts and Indeed. come back and still lose at Sekiro. Yes. Well, I hope I can win. Um <laughs> But anyway, that's the Game Awards. Uh, We will be back later this week with a Weekly Suit Gundam, our season finale, where we're going to be talking about Weekly or Mobile Suit Victory Gundam, the saddest Gundam show. Uh, Yes. And then next week, we might also have two episodes because we will obviously be talking about Star Wars Episode 9, The Rise of Skywalker. Uh, We will be having that probably in our normal Monday slot. I think that'll be Monday the 23rd. But I am also cooking up. Uh, a sequel to last year's Weekly Stuff Christmas special, which we released on Christmas, and we reviewed live the Pokemon Christmas Bash album, Sean. Um, Mm -hmm. I think I have something even better this year. It's not a musical album, but it's even better. Well, that's good. Yeah. I'm glad it's not a musical album, because that podcast was fun to record. It was also physically draining in a way. I I, Like like E3 five-hour podcasts did not drain me as much as that podcast did. Yes, and I think I will just put that out probably on Christmas Day, so that'll be midweek. So if you you are at home with your family or traveling, maybe it'll be a nice Christmas surprise. So that'll be our Christmas gift to you. Uh, So look forward to all that content coming soon. But for now, and best of decade stuff is coming yep. at the end of the year. We got a lot. We we've recorded a lot of podcasts that have not come out yet, Jonathan. So there's lots in the pipeline. There is. So uh, yeah, uh, let's go have fun with our Xbox sex. Yep. In the next next year, Jonathan, we start the weekly stuff podcast series team.